Welcome to the Tenuous Links Podcast, home of the Golf Barons. Offering bloviated opinions on all things golf, discussing the game's biggest problems and some solutions to them as loosely as possible. Come add some swagger to your swing. Hello Barons and welcome back for another Tenuous Links Golf Podcast, home of Golf Barons with Season 2 currently playing on Fox Sports 503 and on KO and Foxtel On Demand. Now there's a lot to discuss with a big show today. We've got the PGA Championship headed to the Ocean Course at Kiowa Island, stage of one of the greatest Ryder Cup battles in history. We're also going to delve deeply into the Premier Golf League. Plenty of movement there and some ear-pricking rumours flying around golf circles in the last few days that we're going to delve right into. So to talk us through it all, I have Philly and Kipper in the studio with me. Hello, lads. G'day, boys. How are we? Good to be here again (laughs) to discuss the Super Golf League. Yes, well, I'm I'm looking forward to this, uh, boys, because I know very little, and like usual, Phil knows everything. So <laughs> I can't wait to. <laughs> so he tells us. And Premier Premier Golf League was so last week. Ah, oh, geez, Phil has been moving. I'm going to have to hear this all from you shortly. But before we do that, let's um let's touch base a little bit about the PGA Championship, boys. Is is there a, is there any excitement around this one for you guys? No, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I know Phil is, but I. The PGA for me, I've, I've just never—it's not a motive for me. I don't know what it is. It just never is uh, emotional. Um, so yeah, by, by Sunday afternoon, I'll, I'll be into it. Um, but leading into it, no, I, it never puts the the hairs on the back of the neck for me. For mine, I think this one will be um, a ripper, mainly because of the venue. Um, uh, and I think that's—I think you're right there, Philly. I mean, Kiwa in uh, is it South Carolina? It's in one of the Carolinas. I think it's South Carolina. Scene of the '91 Ryder Cup battle. Sevy getting a little bit upset at Paul Azinger and his little compression gate there, Phil. Car crashes. There was a lot. There was a lot going on, and we won't touch base. That's been covered to death. But the idea is that the course itself um, is brutal. Is brutal, but not only that, the grasses have changed. So the course is not actually as the same beast that they played in '91. Um, but there's a couple of things that I love about one. One, it's Pete Dye's. You know, another Pete Dye masterpiece. Um, but they're just talking about, and all the conversation is exactly how brutal it'll be, but entertaining. So there's um, 14 through 18. So it's 7,000, uh, I saw the number this, this morning, 7,700 yards or 7,800 yards. But they're going to move the tees around, um, and they've got the ability to move tees forward and back as they want to change the course up over the four days. The stretch, the final stretch, 14 through 18, are all going to be played into the wind, ideally. Um uh, which just could be brutal. And John Rahm was quoted uh, as saying that the he played a practice round, the shortest iron he hit in was five, um, and that Zach Johnson was taken covers off. I think it was quoted in the, the Friday, and I'm quoting the Friday probably badly, that Zach Johnson was taking head covers off Fairway Woods um, the whole time. So it's going to be really, like I'm immediately thinking Shinnecock when Corey Pavin won. Um, brutal, windy, Fairway Woods coming out left, right, and centre, and a cracking test. It could have it could have as much drama as the Legend of Bag of Vance, Phil, which was also filmed there. <laughs> was it? 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> can like, research this kid. Like, I was gonna say, this is why I love Dave on the show. He, he finds out stuff that no one would bother looking up. <laughs> or if or if it came up in a search result, Kipper, nobody would bother clicking on. <laughs> no. They, they Kipper, have you had any exposure to Kiwa Island at all? No, I haven't. No, no. So I, I really um, know nothing about the course itself other than obviously what, what, what you read. But, um, yeah, the, the, the winds out there, though, are, are crazy. So the test will be, the challenge will be, is this, so if this is going to be as pure a lengthy, it's a little bit Chambers Bay in my head, even though it's not set up in the hills so much because it's all in the in the lowlands. Um, but is it set up for another European tour winner or a European? I'm, I'm actually tipping an Aussie, Phil, Mark Leishman. And not because he's an Aussie, because ne- I've never parochial with my tipping, but it's more so because... Well, one, four matters, sure, and he's been in pretty good touch. Uh, but he's a master at keeping it under the wind. I think being being um, on top of your wind game is going to be absolutely vital here. Growing up in Warrnambool, some of the most crazy winds uh, he's had to had to deal with and knows how to play it. So I, I think with wind being such a huge factor at Kiwa, yes, it's likely to be a linksy style player, but more than that, someone who can really deal with winds off the um, off the Atlantic Ocean. And, and just to put a footnote on this, if he happens to win and I see another effing mullet, I'm going to blow up. <laughs> anyway, that's my... Sub- you, weren't, you weren't a fan, Philip, of, the, of oh, that week? Look, uh, no. <laughs> Seriously. He's too clean cut for a mullet leash, mate. No, you've just yeah, mentioned no. it again. I'm already unhappy. Yeah. Keep- I just on mullets, that's who I reckon might win this, is Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood, give me give me some sort of reasoning. It's, ba- it's basically a mullet. Come on. Anyway, I've moved on. It? I don't want to hear it. But at least it's his real hair. But give me a reason. Yeah. Uh, well, he, he, his whole swing is around knocking down balls, knocking down shots. Um, he's had a bit of a rough, not a rough run, but you know, he was contending in every major there for a while. And I just reckon he's due. It's a feeling. No actual substance on is that, is that a similar feeling to Jordan Spieth's Gorn? Hey, I, I, I now have gone Never over to be this. seen again, I think you were there, quoted I, as saying. I said, <laughs> if he doesn't do ABCD, then he'd never be seen again. So no, I didn't say he was gone, gone. I look back at these things where you were, you were on me last week. I'm like, no, hang on. I never said that. I thought our listenership so, had gone up by one on every past yeah. podcast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, well, anyway, um, yeah. yeah, but Spieth could win. <laughs> well, the good thing for Spieth is every now and again he'll hit just that outrageously wide drive. Yeah, and, like on every second hole. And he, might, <laughs> hey, you just you just can't let go, can you? This is like well, shooter. Did you watch his? Did you watch his last event? I mean, the the guy is he's still he's amazing how good that guy is at scoring because he's still struggling off the tee <laughs> massively. But scoring's all that matters in the end there. Oh, it does, but it ends up biting you in the butt. The more you know, the more shots you're hitting in the day, um, you, you, you've got to keep working hard to save, <laughs> save the score. And yeah. so, so who are you tipping, Philly? There's only two in it, mm. and I can't. I actually can't split them, uh, and that would be John Raham um, and Xander Shoffley. And I actually reckon that Xander Shoff, the Shoffley, has got. Everything. At He's some got, point, you're going to have to give the guy a little bit of respect, Philly, and actually pronounce his name right. Scott Muffley. Yeah, there you go. Got it. He's Nailed got. It. Um, well, that's the Bavarian 
pronunciation. I mean, everyone, you know, they try and shorten these surnames these days. But I think Shoffley's got everything in his ass. One, one, he's due, and he just has to win a major, and now this is his time. Well, he's been up and about for about a year and a half. Yeah, um, at least. Puts his head off, but he's, he's, and the greens are meant to be just as pure as anything, and not necessarily lightning quick, but just pure. Um, great tee to green, great around the green, a very, very good putter. Um, can can work the ball. We saw how he went again at Royal in terms of being able to work the ball up, down, and around. So I think Shoffley by four. But see, Shoffley, Phil, is he? There's every chance he could become the next Ricky Fowler as well, though, couldn't he? What and just take endorsements from everybody, <laughs> contending in majors, <laughs> left, right, and centre, uh, and just not getting one in the bag, and then he sort of fades out of it a little bit. Because um, because Ricky was he had that many top fives uh, for like two or three years there. It was crazy. There is no chance that he's the next Ricky Fowler. Um, he has he has a, a technique he trusts and doesn't keep second-guessing. He has a, a an attitude when under pressure that I'm good with it, let's just keep going, let's just keep going. He loves being in the cauldron. I mean, he loves the heat um, and thrives on it. He And this is the German, he's cool under pressure. Um, depending on what percentage German he is, but he's very cool under pressure and good in bunkers. No, well, you know, not all Germans are good in bunkers. Let's move along from there, boys. But to majors, obviously, this week have been thrust into the spotlight. They've also been thrown in with the, some supposed happenings, Philly, behind the scenes in the well, Super Golf League, I believe we're calling it now, space. That Rebel Breakaway Tour being led apparently by the UAE and the Saudis. Uh, for those of you who missed our podcast on it a couple of weeks back, and that obviously includes Kipper, uh, <laughs> Philly, can you can you just break down what the, well, what are we calling it now, the, the PGL, it's no longer, or whatever it is, whatever it's called, can you just explain very quickly what it is and what the latest rumours are around it? Because some of them are very, very juicy. Well, I think, um, so it's, it's the Super Golf League, because the Premier Golf League, there was some... Um Concern that some of the partners in it were just not acting quick enough and were piss fighting around. So they changed the name and the Saudis said, bugger it, you know what, it's on us. None of this might be factual. It doesn't matter. We're going with it because it's a great story. But I want to actually give it some context, Shooter, before we get into the Super Golf League and talk about something that may have already happened in the world of sport and see what we can learn from it as we go. So as a bit of a bedtime story, and Shooter being the cricketer that you are, not anymore. Uh, were. Um, we've seen this before. And so everyone, if you can just bear with us for a little bit as, as some background to the Super Golf League, because then we'll finish with we'll then finish with the awesome rumours and everything else that's going on with Super Golf League. But in the mid to late 1970s... When Phil was just a little, little boy. In Australia. <laughs> it's actually very true. It is. It actually is. <laughs> uh, yeah. First factual thing we're going to say, only factual thing we're going to say for the whole podcast. He decided to be nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was a... So, so cricket. Um, there was a, a general um, discontent amongst the players that the elite and the very best players were being underpaid for what they were delivering. Oh, hang on. I'm hearing something similar now. Um, there was a, a media mogul and a very, very wealthy man who shared their concern, but not only that, he wanted to grow the game because he felt that cricket was ready to explode and there was and wanted his TV station to cover cricket. So it was a little bit self-interest-y um, because the powers that be were just continuing to hand rights 
and TV rights back to the same people, even well under the the dollar amounts that were being offered by our mate Kerry. So cricket was undergoing an absolute resurgence. Packer thought, I'm going to have a crack at this myself because I just can't sit back and watch the game. And this is going to, this really is a really close tie into Super Golf League, if any of our information is correct. Because Packer sat back and said, this can't, this is not right for the players and it's not right for the game. And so he went about signing some ambassadors for the game of cricket. You know, one of whom at the time was the England cricket captain, Tony Gregg. I mean, this was controversy. Yeah, it was. It was hugely controversial, wasn't it? I mean, it was controversial enough that England had a South African captain, but um, <laughs> you had. But the, the players that were involved, they were some of the biggest names in cricket. Uh, very ugly. Well, you're probably going to go into a little bit of what happened, but it was very ugly. You know, threats being thrown left, right, and centre. It obviously went to court eventually, Phil. So, so lots happened. And here, I'll speed it up so we can get on to the good stuff. But you'll see this tie in is really, really close. Clive Lloyd, the West Indies captain signed on too. And and here's a quote. It was then realised that the sport had been transformed into one's livelihood. Mm. So it had gone from just, you know, let's support everybody because in reality the 50th best cricket test cricketer in the world was being paid within 30-40% of the absolute best cricketer in the world but doing nothing really to grow the game and to contribute to the, the excitement around the game, which was Packer's point. So ultimately Packer div- created this divide <clears throat> PJ Tour Super Golf League. Packard created this divide, World Series cricket against international cricket. It was ultimately, though, about TV rights. And here's Packard's quote, and this is where it got to. Had I got these TV rights, I was prepared to withdraw from the scene and leave the running of cricket to the board. I'll take no steps now to help anyone. It's every man for himself, and the devil take the hindmost. I mean, it was this was game on, and we're actually seeing this more and more now. Um, and this is where the majors thing shooter comes in. Mm-hmm is when it got to court, Justice Slade, and so it was challenged in court, and Justice Slade, who was overseeing it, in his judgment, said that professional cricketers need to make a living and the ICC should not stand in their way just because of its own interest might be damaged. He said the ICC might have stretched the concept of loyalty too far. Players could not be criticised for entering the contracts in secrecy as the main authorities would deny the players the opportunity to enjoy the advantages offered by World Series cricket or by the PGA Tour or by the majors, depending on whether you want to draw a bit of a bow. Um, as Pakistan, more and more players' um, relations with some countries started to thaw out because they saw the big picture. And then we got on to golf. A truce was announced and the marketing of sports went to a whole new level. That's cricket in the 1970s. Just quickly back on that cricket, very, very briefly. The difference here is, for the cricketers, this was giving them a wage to live on. This is not... Currently now, these players are obviously doing pretty well in the PGA Tour, but it's how well they're doing in comparison to those that are actually growing the game. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, There was a quote from, and I'm going to attribute it to Max Homer, and I apologise if it's not, where this PIP thing, the the PGA Tours get active on social media and we'll give you a share of 40 million. He said, in my opinion, we should just write a check to Tiger because without Tiger, none of it exists. In reality, without World Series cricket, the money that exists in cricket is not in, in yeah in the IPL and, and these things nowadays. Yeah, would not, not be. The, and you see in the IPL, there's a greater discrepancy, and it was pointed out to me um, by someone I was also I was talking to about you know you look at um, Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes, he's paid whatever his figure is. Let, let's say it's a hundred million dollars a year. His front lineman, the one who def, who protects him in, in the sport, is paid two million dollars a year. 
the mm. the elite there needs to be a gap created where the elite are, are, are doing everything they're bringing the game they're highlighting the game they're growing the game and the gap the reality shooter as you pointed out the other day when the hundredth player in the world is earning two million and the best player in the world from a prize money point of view at that point in time might have only been earning you know this is going back a few years might have been earning four or five the contribution's not the same one's just putting the money in the bank and the other mm. one's got to do all these extra appearances and corporate and the stress of carrying the, the sport on their shoulders. Super Golf League is going to be the answer. Kipper, this is where you come in. Phil, have you got any, any stats on just on the kinds of money that we're talking about being thrown around or, or potentially being thrown around? Thank you for that question, Shooter. And Kipper, hold on to your hat because imagine being a caddy and copping a share of this, let alone a manager. I have, on reasonable authority, but probably pretty crap authority, that the top 12 in the world have been offered a $30 million US sign-on bonus. Three zero million just, just for signing, for signing on. on. I have it on reasonable authority that um, one of them has definitely said no, being Rory, a uh, man of his word, shooter. Oh, no, we'll, we'll get into Rory. We'll get into Rory shortly. Um, <laughs> but I also believe there to be seven yeses so far. One of those that is excluded from needing to say Yes, we're doing anything else. Is a, a guy called Eldrick, um, who has been offered his own special deal, which is fair to say a little bit different to the thirty million sign-on bonus. Fourteen events. Hang on, what's the tiger? What's Tiger's alleged sign-on? Well, it's it's as if he were four or five of players all wrapped into one. A hundred hundred mil plus, potentially, allegedly, all of that. Yeah, all of that. I think people now wow. get the gist that. These figures mm. have been reported to us, but There's they're a bit not of money involved here. Phil. I'm, I'm not demand, saying stopping, stamping my fist or stomping my fist or hitting it or doing whatever you do with a fist, saying these are 100% accurate and expect these to be announced. But the idea with this, Hang on. sorry, sorry, Phil, just to stop you there for one sec. So you've said that there's, you said that you believe there's seven who have said yes out of the top ten, out of the top twelve. Yeah, and we, we know that we know Rory has said no, and let's say so. Let's say he's out. I've heard a lot of the top ten being pressed on this stuff, it's fair to say that if that is correct, several of these players have said that they're not signing on who have now signed on. No, what they're saying is that they uh, need to look at it and they need to consider their options because one thing they don't want to do, ahead of another court challenge like in the late 1970s in World Series cricket, they don't want to sign on and be told that you can't play majors. Mm. So until that's challenged that's in, until it's challenged in mm. court, and until they're given the, the all clear as co- as contractors, there's going to be a little bit of trepidation around signing on. But at, it, it seems that it would be a restriction of wage if they were to be told they like, couldn't. The, but anyway, that's for a court the, to decide. But there is absolutely no chance. Based on my zero legal experience, there is no chance the PJ Tour will win. And I'm glad you laughed at that, Kipper, because it's true. I have none. But the reality is is that there's the where the angst is coming from, and this is where it, it, the plot thickens a little bit, is there's a general feeling the PJ Tour, not only, um, in fact, Mike Clayton wrote a great article about it, not only have they not grown the game, they've hurt the game globally, not helped it. They've caused, you know, rap over seasons have caused tournaments to be cancelled, fields have been difficult to get outside of North America. There is nothing global about their attitude and spirit, and a good Aussie battler did have that spirit, didn't he, Gov? Sorry, Phil, I was going to say, the, the with the PGA stuff, I was just thinking about that before, that I understand that they want to grow... They obviously want to grow their own business, but it's a fair it's a fair call to say that not only have they not grown the game globally, which I don't think is actually their mantra, but they have actively 
prevented it from growing outside of the US with the wraparound season, which was basically aimed at, at stopping players going over to the European tour events. And a lot of those were around the, the Abu Dhabis and, the, and, and you know, Dubai and, and UAE areas. So that's yeah, that's a fair point that Clayton that Clayton makes. Yeah, and I think I think when it comes to the US tour, they've they've been, <coughs> I think, good at growing the game in America, and that's it because that's all they honestly care about. That that, that you know, there's been a them versus us thing for a long, long time with the Asian tour, European tour, Australasian tour. It doesn't none of them matter to them, um, and you just got to think to yourself, well, would it matter to you if you had your own tour and? You wanted your tour to be successful and, and all the rest of it. Growing the game, that's growing the game in their neck of the woods. Uh, that affects their time in the house and that's all they kind of, I think, honestly feel. And to be fair to them, it's not really their purview anyway. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But it is, but I think it is. If you're gonna if you're gonna take global players and you're gonna bring them into your country with extensive amounts of money and run a tour that was meant to be for the players as a not for profit representing the players at all times and representing the best interests of the game, of the players and the game, because this is the PGA Tour. This is not the PGA of America. This is a, a tour. So their um, edict was to support the game but to support the players in a not-for-profit manner, yet they're throwing around truckloads of cash on facilities just that are all shiny and surrounded by water and, like, it's just... Crap, and I think there's enough that said we've had enough, and people in influence have said no. It's time to get a bit more fed and with this idea of world golf. Hence, but, but you see, I sort of see the oxymoron in it, where it's world golf, but it's only a few people are allowed to play it. Like I, I'm, I'm not sure the concept. I, like I don't mind the concept, but I'm not sure it's thought out thoroughly where they're only involving. But I think, I think a world, the world comes into it. Um, in a landscape mm, sense yeah. as well, doesn't it? The geographical sense that it's going to be played around yeah. the but, world. So that in itself can only be... I mean, there's more attention in... All right, let's just use where we are locally. There's more attention on golf in Australia mm. when there's an event being played yeah. on being played in Australia. The same same will be true for for China, for uh, Japan, for wherever it might might take us. Um, so I think, I think yeah. it is oh, far I, more worldly in that sense. And it's about supporting Kipper. And sorry, and it, this is about helping the top players in the world separate themselves from the rest with an earn given their contribution. But they're saying, but if you want to grow the game globally, we're going to pay you, but we expect something from you, which is these. Mm. So the, the structure being 14 events, uh, minimum 10 will be in the US, but ideally Asia and Asia and Africa and Australia and Europe as, a, as mm. one of the 14 events. And they've got to play other than Tiger, they've got to play all 14 events. They can't suck it up and cry. But <laughs> where it gets really cool is that the whole format's different. So they'll play for 15 million every week, US, but they'll be in teams of four. So, so, so does that so does that mean they're going to be playing as a team? Feel like this, this is, I think, a part of what's making it very tricky or confusing for a lot of people is that because of the secrecy of it, because it is a lot of it is, is happening behind um, closed doors, that there's no real clarification on what this league will look like and how it is to be played. So what, have you got some insight on the actual format and how it will be played? It'll be played awesomely. Um, <laughs> no, of course I don't have any That'd information. No. I, had to, I couldn't <laughs> afford the phone call. I had to hang up. Um, but, but here's what we believe. So in formats, a really good point 
Shruta, and we're still not sure how it works, but this is where we can let our minds run a little bit in terms of what we think it might work or how it might work best. And it won't be Ambrose uh, and it won't be Texas foursomes. But the idea is is that each of the top 12, when they're given their, their sign-on bonus and they sign on, sign on, will be allowed three picks. So one in each bracket of 13 to 24 and say 25 to to 36. So they'll be able to bring three players onto their team who will also get... In, in a ranking sense, you mean? Well, I think that they must bracket them. They must, you know, lock it away so you don't just bring your, your mates and then split the money. <laughs> but but let's say that Kipper is one of the captains and he's got his $30 million and hang on, his Kipper's gone. No, because he's taking his money. Right? <laughs> so Kipper then gets... His first player that he picks gets a $2 million US sign-on bonus. The second player Kipper picks gets a one million US sign-on bonus, and the third player Kipper picks, who might be ranked fifty in the world, sixty in the world, seventy in the world, gets half a million, just for signing on the dotted line, just for signing the contract. So, so Phil, with such huge money involved in this, like, what's what's in it for the the SGL organisers or owners? Is it purely a TV rights play? Uh, it's got to be straight. It it just has to be exactly what World Series cricket was about which was rights to broadcast, rights to stream. Um, you can expect this not to be on a, any standard channel. It'll all be streamed. It'll all be um, pay-per-view, but you get the best players and people will pay. That's my understanding of it. I mean, they will pay. They'll go out of their way to do what they can to see the best players in the world when they want to see them in ways they've never seen and it's them been it's been funny because a lot of the the PGA's tried to get a little bit out in front of it. Um, a lot of the players have been questioned about it. And it feels like, and again, this is there's nothing to support this, but it feels like watching them that they're they're almost in that hostage video that you've seen, <laughs> where they've they're almost being instructed what to say about it. But but it's it's funny, like when you think about who who are the interested parties. So those that say, oh look, those that have said oh, it's interesting for me, that's just code language for but where do I sign? Give me some more information. This sounds fantastic. Phil Mickelson was one. Justin Rose is a really interesting one. He seems quite keen on the idea. John Rahm has sort of said, look, once this is all known, tell, talk to me about it then. But he, I'm telling you, if it goes ahead, I guarantee you he's one of the first to sign on, in my opinion. Um, Tiger was obviously quite interested in it. Bryson, I think, has mentioned that he was interested. Um, uh, Max Homer, I think, said it was quite an interesting. So there's some, there is some pretty um, pretty big names who have not kiboshed the idea. But but getting back to um, to the that Gap, gapping you were talking about, Phil, with the, the top uh, top end of town and the, the guys ranked further down the line. I, I went and looked at a few a few stats uh, to uh, season to date. One, first thing that surprised me was actually the spread of winners on the PGA Tour this year. There's only been two multiple winners, uh, believe it or not. I bet, and I bet you can't name who they were. Both Stuart Sink. Kipper Kent. Uh... Stuart Sink. The other guy that won twice. That's the only I one think I know. Get sick, but the other one, he's a big boy. And Bryson. Bryson was yeah, and Bri- with Bryson. the US But that was a given. That's it. So it's actually quite a good spread. But anyway, so Bryson's earnings, uh, so he's, what, five, five point six, nearly $5.7 million, um, from two wins, which is including a major, so of a large win there. But six top tens as well. Justin Thomas is the number one earnings at the moment. He's got five point seven nearly $5.72 million, with one win at the players and five top tens. So I went down and had a look, and, and the tour average for this time, up until this date, is just over a million dollars in winning. So a uh, million and nine 
sorry, one million nine thousand one hundred and six dollars is the tour average. Now to find out where that um, you know the lowest figure for where that is, the lowest number is it's actually number eighty seven. So the eighty seventh ranked um, Andrew Putnam uh, with with a million and twenty one thousand. Does that mean um, Justin Thomas? Stalling, does that mean Justin Thomas is four million dollars strokes gained? <laughs> there's a, there's a new stat you and the strokes gained Phil. But just to put it, go back to what you were saying, Phil, before that, how like in in NFL and in NBA, the the first place is uh, is fifty what, times 50, 50, fifty times higher. What the hundredth place um, earner is? Well, that would mean that Justin Thomas would be earning forty three million. Nearly forty-three and a half million dollars at this to this point, in comparison to to um, the hundredth there at Scott Stallings. I've heard JT say that his focus is on playing the PGA Tour and winning majors, but I'm tipping if he had a look at those numbers, if they were presented to him, that generational wealth-changing sort of sums, um, he'd pipe down pretty quickly on the old EA PGA chatter. So, Sir Kipper, when we talk about the structure of the Super Golf League, who do you think ideally, from you know, players past? And maybe some greats, as a Dorothy Dixit, but might want to sit on this board. Who who have you always heard of people dri- trying to drive world golf as a priority? Obviously, Norman tried to try real hard there for a, okay. a long time. He'll be the chairman. Yep. Yeah. Um, Nicholas was even passionate about it at a point. Um, uh, yep. Yep. He's on the he's board. On the board. Right. Uh, Gary Player would come to mind. Ding. <laughs> Is this is this a made up thing that I'm winning? <laughs> what, what what have I won? Yes, <laughs> everything. You've won a thirty million dollars sign-on bonus for the caddies. Does your information suggest, Phil, that those three are actually involved in this in a fairly significant way? My little birdie, my little birdie tells me that the 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 shark. Um, all rumours is that the shark will be the chairman of the Super Golf League, and both Nicholas and Player, at a minimum, will be on will be on the board because they have long held a feeling and a belief, one, that world golf needs to grow for the game to be... This That changes that changes the whole ball game for me. If those three are involved, Phil, if they are, as you say, the players are coming on board, no question. That these these guys have a lot of, held a lot of sway, and justly so, in golf. There's no way with with them involved that people aren't coming across. Am I wrong, Kipper? No, look, I think I think it's probably a simple equation. I think the money, if it's if it's all true, and and those type of fees are, are there or thereabouts, players will sign it provided they don't lose their right to play majors easily. Because let's face it, the world, you know, match plays and all the rest of it, they're tiddlywink events anyway. So now all they have to do is play ten or twelve other tiddlywink events and focus on the majors. And they're going to continue to accrue world ranking points, so why would they care? The, the issue the issue that I think kind of gets, where it gets muddied, and I, I don't, as I said, I've got no, no idea about this whole thing, so is just that how could other players then, you know, forge their way into that top 12 easily? I remember Craig Parry um, comes to mind uh, a few years back just talking to me about it. He said he just... Comp- you know, completely didn't really want to go over and play the US Tour at all. So all he would do was make sure he was in the top 50 in the world. So he'd go play all the uh, World Cup events or World uh, Match Play events or whatever you want to call them. And he'd play all the majors and that would nearly get him done. He, he, if he made cuts in all those, he'd be top 50 in the world and that'd be him done again. He'd go fishing for the rest of the year. And that's what he did for years. So, like, I don't know if that's necessarily growing the game either, but at least 
if it was around the world, he'd be then forced to go to those places and, you know, I guess associate with uh, with different countries and on all the rest of it. But I don't know. I just don't know enough about the format um, in terms of how you can get in and how, you know well, what what that does to the to the lowly ranked players. And just just to end on that, I guess too, because I'm hearing it sort of let's call it raw um, for the first time, is that half the the fun of watching a PGA Tour event for me, or a European Tour event for that matter, or an Asian Tour event, is is having a let's call it a no name or a battler or or a bland that just got up in Europe. Um, you know, 48 years old, 476 events, never won, win. Like, you don't get that in a in a 12-man 12, 12 tournament. I've, I've also heard you say several times that I'm not going to watch the tournament unless Tiger wins. Yeah, I don't care if it, unless uh, Tiger wins. That, so. That's 100%. <laughs> people buy into to greats. They do. They buy into the greats. So they'll watch it, and it will work. 100% it will work. There's no, I've, I've no qualms in that. But I just don't know enough about but it. the to, key to it, Kipper, is all the tours keep going. Like, the US tour keeps going. And it's only the US tour if they're pig-headed enough to say, if you sign with them, you can't play with us. It didn't work out that well for the ICC, going no. back to the late 1970s. European tour keeps going. And Richard Bland, I think it was 778. He won his 778th event. He went back to the Challenge Tour at 46 mm-hmm. to re-qualify to get back onto the European tour, just quietly as we digress on how good a story that was. Those stories will continue. Mm. But he's but he's but he's going to beat he's going to beat also rounds. It's like going down to Cuba when Bads gets a few victories every every few years. Like that that's the same kind of thing. When you take out the talent pool, um, we used to talk about this at, at Augusta. I remember Lynchy saying to me one year, like Augusta's the easiest major to win by a mile because you're only competing against forty odd people. And Sandy um, Lyle. Well, he's not in that forty because even though he he won it, like anyone in the top ninety that get into that event or seventy odd. More than half of them are almost past their prime, or, or really old, um, you know, leaders or amateurs. So you're down to a small pool that you got to actually play against. Um, from the viewer's point of view, does it make it great? Yes, because you know almost every player in that field, and you're emotive. So therefore, yes, this tournament, this tour will work. The Super League will work. But uh, I don't know. Don't know. You've spent you spent ages on tour um, days around a lot of these players. Mm. How important is their ability to? create their own schedule because that's going to be the issue I think (laughs) they can't most of them so they they just get told where to go (laughs) be here Um, now look at most most of the of the guys like a three week on roster uh, maximum four week on roster so depending on on where they have to fly to if 10 events are in the state that really won't affect them at all because uh, you know and even if they are going internationally they do go over for a a pinch hit for a money grab on one of those events, whether it's the um, you know the event in Gatemba in Japan, or whether it's the um, you know over to Dubai, or they they do generally go for one or two uh, events worldwide just to to money grab. So they'll probably that's no different anyway to the four events they may have to go to. Fair enough. Now we've had there's been one very vocal anti SGL Phil. Has there? One of your favourites. One of your favourites. And I, I think it would be remiss of us not to discuss a little bit about, about Rory up on that high horse of his. And how much money the PJ Tour must be paying him. That's My gut feeling is that he's a bit of an ambassador, shall we say, for the PGA <laughs> Tour. But there he is up there saying, oh, you know, if, uh, and I'm not quoting him here, but roughly along the lines of, um, if you want to just play for for money, then that's you know good good luck to you. Go and do that. But I'm here for for the for growing the game and building you know and and 
winning majors and all that sort of rubbish. Yeah. Oh, sorry, and he was also questioning all the funding behind, you know, uh, the the Super Golf League and where that's coming from. This is a guy who was sponsored. He's he's was his biggest first corporate uh, sponsor uh, was how do you how do you pronounce it, Phil? Jamara, how do you say it? Jamira, yeah, sure, Jamira, yeah, yeah. The global luxury hotel company, anyway, that's based in the UAE, uh, which has very close ties to um, Saudi Arabia, at least it used to, or they used to uh, as countries. He ditched them to go and sign a, what was it, $200 million sponsorship with Nike. But hey, you know, and change all his gear and do all of that and and all the rest of it. But hey, no, it's okay for him to criticise and lecture other players about playing for money. It's easy to say it when, when you've climbed up the ladder and then you're going to pull the ladder up underneath you so no one else can climb it. But process produces result. And so all he was worried about was playing well. The result, I mean, Nike just happened to throw him all this money and then he had to switch all his gear. Mm. But surely process produces results. I mean, he wasn't focused on the money when he signed with Nike. He just got home and there was a letter he, in the... In fact, here's what I believe happened. He got home and there was a letter in the mailbox and he opened up and he said, and it was just said, Dear Rory, here's a couple of hundred million squids. Play well or not. Mm. Kind regards, Nike, E. The hubris of this guy, the utter lack of self-awareness of him, it's just, buddy, it's totally unchecked. I mean, he's happy to take money out of the region himself to build his extreme, you know, golf-generated <laughs> um, wealth, but future golfers <laughs> should have to play purely for the love of the game, as if playing in this league means you suddenly don't love the game as well or don't want it to expand or grow. I, I, I just, it, there's, a, there's a level of hypocrisy and then there's Rory McIlroy. Uh, zero time. Less than no time, actively So, Kipper, we discussed time. this as well about Nicholas's attitude to um, money. We're talking about FedEx Cup, but also Nicholas's attitude mm. to how the future generations are earning more and more out of the game. And his attitude clearly was, you know, it was our job to get it to here, and we've done it, and we did okay. Why shouldn't they be rewarded? As long as you're doing something else to grow the game and to help the game, why shouldn't you make a... a to quote you, a crap ton of money. <laughs> yeah, like I haven't got a problem with anybody making endless amounts of money. It doesn't that that that's no, here nor there? I, I don't think it's about necessarily about the money. I mean, it ends up coming back to probably that for a lot of the, the guys. But it's also the ease of which your schedule would then be. God, I got 12, 14 events. I got four majors. I got a couple of sharp events that someone will pay me millions to go to. On top of that. So I'm playing now 20, 22 events a year. I'm on Tiger's schedule. Great. <laughs> like that's that that, that that then they get a half year off to spend with their family. Um, it's so different from that regard. Like it, yes, the money is a is a play, but it's you know, life on tour is pretty arduous. It's 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 not great in a lot of ways. I, I that's basically the reason I left. Um, do, you, do you think we're going to see a lot more golfers actually falling back in love with the game? Because a lot of there's a lot of disgruntled players on tour who don't don't love the game at the moment because it is just yeah, such a grind. Yeah, I don't know about that, Dones, because at the end of the day, I think that's a, that's a real, um, that's an honesty chat you have to have with yourself as well, is golf is for life. Like, you can't, you can't be an elite player and not think that you're going to still be grinding at age 55. Like, you've got to grind your whole life to, to keep up at that level. You know, you look at the greatest, they're still grinding, like Tiger's still grinding, they're still trying to find a way to earn a check the next week and stay on tour. So, yeah, if, if, you, if you haven't got the fight in you forever to... to but I don't in, mean the fight, I mean the love 
getting that yeah, but, love back. But your love goes because it's it's not easy. And you don't think, so, you, and it can't be found no, again. Oh, look, it can be found, but I, I would say the majority of the guys that are on tour don't love the game. Honestly, probably seventy to eighty percent of the time, um, they don't. They, they can't afford to almost because you, yeah, you can't love love it when you're just grinding so hard and battling. The small victories, that's when you've got to savour them. You really do. And, and whatever they might be, I'm not talking about winning, but just small victories along the way where things come easy sometimes, your, your putting or your um, general play or even your your work ethic with your caddy or your relationship with your your wife or partner on a week-to-week basis and you're earning okay money and everything's going. They're the small victories on, on a life on tour that you've got to take in. It, it's not just as, as clear-cut as... I suppose are they doing well, winning or not? Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It, it fascinates me the world tour. Um, I think it's a great concept. I really do. Uh, I don't sort of agree with the the hatred one way or another. I think people should be a little bit more almost understanding in both areas. I, I get views from both sides, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't know enough about the exact structure because it's so secret. It's probably hard to find out the the ins and outs of it all, but. Um, yeah, look, I probably you could probably do a bit of both. Really, you could keep main tours, which Phil sounds like they're, they're trying to do. Um, have the main set of guys and girls head out worldwide and play their events. Um, but there may be some animosity there with with other players that can't get on that tour, or the you know the us versus them. They, they may that that might crop in there. Um, but I, I don't know. Uh, as long as it's good. But if it's based on if it's based on world rankings, mm. and you have the other tours going, then it actually. All it is is an actual addition to golf. Mm. Well, golf is. Well, far it as could I be just say. that. I mean, it depends how the rankings go. Because I know, like Parry, as I said, I'll bring him up again. But he just said they're so heavy hitting those events, the, the majors and the the World um, Cup events. That as long as you play them, you're in anyway. You don't need to go play down in you know South Carolina for a week. Um, there's just no point. You can finish fifth there and still don't get the points you, you get if you're you know halfway through the field at the other ones because of the the weight of the the contenders. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, People way smarter. And therein lies one of the big curveballs in this when we talk about official world golf rankings because that's not owned. The official world golf rankings are not owned by golf or the PGA Tour or the European Tour. They're owned by IMG, who, funnily enough, are going to be the tournament managers for the Super Golf League. If there's money involved, IMG will have a That's all all they care about. So, oh, lucky lucky that that was spoken and authorised by Dylan Kipping. His opinions are his own. Um, But all of a sudden you you say majors and things that were traditionally based on your official world golf ranking, such as the Masters, where they just go through the top 50 in the world. And if you're top 50 in the world at that certain time, you get an invitation from the Masters. Well, then all IMG, in theory, do is say, you know, we'll up the points on, you know, we haven't played enough qualifying events. The tournament's being played at Royal Melbourne or Black Sock Royal Sydney. And, um, you know, we'll just up the up the number of points for the Royal Sydney event. It's an interesting carrot they dangle there. Um, and I don't think, I forget again, she's haven't been behind closed doors, course, but I don't know if they've used that um, lure along the way in any way, shape or form or ever had oh. to, right, and gone, guess what? Um, but it's a big, big rod that they could pull away from, well, the PJ Tour or any tour, really, isn't it? What's your gut feel on whether they've leveraged it so, at some point in time? Of course I would have tried, but, but I don't reckon... Of course they, not leveraged it, but they, of course they would have... But they would have never had a point where they could literally go, you know what, 
that event that you're playing in, in Arkansas, it's worth nothing now. And that's like, I, I don't, because the players that are in it, that's how they do their current rankings. Who's ever in it? And they do the plus and minuses and so on and so forth. <laughs> um, so field depth has a lot to do with what, what, what they can, um, the points they can kind of accrue. But I don't know if they could just change that on a whim, I suppose they could. But not to take points off, but what about adding points on? So all of a sudden the Australian Masters, you're telling me that mm. that wasn't worth an extraordinary number of official world golf ranking points as part of the incentive to get Sergio to come and play yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, I was going to ask yeah. you, Phil, how, I mean, has a lot of this, has this all sort of arisen out of, off the back of the PGA Tour's own, is it, is it, the tour's own doing, I guess, is sort of what I'm asking. I mean, it's been the, the biggest criticisms I can find uh, that are coming out of the PGA Tour towards the the new Rebel Tour is that they're saying it's got some shady funding. It's it, it's covered in secrecy, but the PGA Tour's been had so much secrecy or, or a lack of transparency, probably a fair term, around so many things within its own tour for for protecting of its own tour. You know, lack of comments around pressing issues and scandals on tour, like um, the drug scandals. Um, what drugs? DJ suspension. Yeah, exactly. Sanctions. So, so does that, I mean, does that take away the credibility of the PGA when it makes these claims at the new opposing tour? And it, so is it caused, has it really caused it? So, I mean, don't forget also the European tour and the PGA tour at loggerheads in the not so distant past uh, around the, the wraparound season which was effectively designed to prevent players leaving US shores to play in the European tour events. Now they're now they're together against this new force, but it's short memories. Are you suggesting that the, the PGA Tour developed COVID <laughs> to try and keep them all within their shores? You're, this is extraordinary. This That's has gone a, places I never imagined it would have. Phil, <laughs> Phil, you're paraphrasing me, not Kipper. You're not allowed to be that loose. <laughs> um, I, I take you back to 1977. And World Series cricket. It's exactly the same situation where the players felt that the administrators were taking the piss and it just wasn't all about the game anymore and wasn't about rewarding. It was all about them and and lining pockets and doing all these other things. And I, I have absolutely no doubt that there is a general feeling amongst the players that will sign with the Super Golf League that the PGA Tour had stopped representing their interests in the way that it was initially set up to, which I believe is the amount of angst and the angst point and the pain point that Jack Nicholas traditionally had with the PGA Tour is that it wasn't representing their interests and it wasn't being run as a not-for-profit and to support the players. It was supporting new facilities everywhere surrounded by moats. Yeah. Would there be, will there be any ramifications for the President's Cup? Because that's... Owned, basically owned and run by the PGA Tour. Well, let's be honest, no one's that passionate about that anyway. <laughs> no, we're, well, no, we are. No, we are. It's the only <laughs> tournament we've ever been invited to. We didn't even get invited. Or we that we got in. invited. Well, we... <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's the only tournament we're snuck into. Uh, yeah. Um, no, President's Cup. So Ryder Cup's the, the tricky mm. one, Shooter. So forgetting, you know, we'll just talk about President's Cup being... Yeah, it's nice. But Ryder Cup is the one where potentially, let's say you've got, um, of the 24 players, 16 of them, 18 of them playing Super Golf League. That's messy. And this is why it ends up in court. And this is why the outcome will be the exact same thing that happened for cricket, which is you disrupt for a few years and then you go, you know what? We were being silly. We now see the error of our ways. And let's create a far more compelling. So I think Super Golf League is a two-year play. Here we go. I'm gonna. That's my opinion. Super Golf League is a two-year play 
to shake up golf and get the powers that be to sit down and say, we had this all wrong. We're going to reset. We're going to bring everyone together and it's going to be better than it'd be, ever. It'd, it'd, that, that'd be nice, Phil, but you, you know better than I do. Like the golf industry, they've, they've never been that, uh, let's call it, welcoming accommodating. Of <laughs> absolutely. Working together. Yeah. And that's... Absolutely, it's and been that's, that way that's since a, the Beninging. Yeah, or anything. <laughs> and it, it's uh, that's of the any new thing idea. All. Um, should they learn the errors of their ways? Then yes, that might be true. But I, I, oh, you know, I don't know. Now, what about let's let's play a little game, Phil. What about if we were the three of us were able to pick one of these sides? Do you want to talk us through how that would look and what we would what a what a, a kipper uh, kipper team would look like? What a Philly team would look like? So the brackets being so we'll just have a very quick draft. So the brackets, are, you know, one to twelve, thirteen to twenty-four, <laughs> is based on current world golf rankings, with the assumption that everyone is open to it except what? Rory. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm doing. <laughs> so, so Kipper, if you had to choose a team of four, and I'm going to give you first draft picks. I need one from each bracket, as it currently stands. They've got to mould together. They've got to be a great team. You've got to match. Give a little bit of thought to who they are and how they. Well, fit. I'm going to steal your number one draft pick straight away, Philip Alexander. <laughs> I would have him. I'd have him in a heartbeat. Are you going to learn how to say his name correctly first? Or? <laughs> Alexander. No, I like Alexander. Factor. Well, I lovely. He's just so at the moment anyway. He's just so consistent, and and he could play everywhere, of course. Um, so he's clearly my number one. But if I get pushback from you on this, I will go for the Mr. Ram. Okay. Okay. No, go go with you. Just go because who are your four? The only three is four. Or are we going one by so, one, Phil? No, we'll go. Okay, yeah, no, go for okay. First draft so pick. That's his <laughs> first, my first draft pick is John Rahm. <laughs> okay, um, and it would have been Shoffley otherwise. Uh, Rahm, I, I just love. You know, why I want him. Want him headlining my team, Phil, is because I just love to see him lose his shit without the threat of the PGA Tour sanctions, <laughs> without having to get. Fined. I look forward. Then I want to see how you match up that personality type oh, as I you can. go through your team, oh, I can. because I've got a very clear idea of how my team. Oh, I comes do as well. Phil. You, I'm about I'm about yeah, an eclectic. And mix. you just let you just you just, you just let John T off and go stand by himself next to the T. <laughs> he doesn't have to be a team oh, player. He just just has imagine. To hit the ball. Just imagine how much. Imagine how much abuse oh, yeah. the bunkers are going to cop. Magic. Imagine, I love it. Hmm. Imagine um, you miss a putt for him, Philly. Who are you going? <laughs> I'm going. Actually, just on just on that, do you know the the PGA? Every bunker is being deemed a waste area, which means no rakes. How good's this going to be? Peter Thompson is going to have the biggest smile on his face wherever he's looking down on the course. Anyway, so so, so is Patrick Root. <laughs> DJ, <laughs> good by you, Kipper. DJ for me next, Kipper. The excavator, DJ. Oh, no reason. That, DJ, the reason will become obvious. Oh, All right, geez, so right. between between thirteen and twenty-four, okay, third in the world, fourth in the world. I'm going to Mr. Tony Finau because I think he's a jet, and uh, the end. That's it. Okay, for mine, I, I was thinking about going Paul Casey just to piss <laughs> Kipper off, but um, instead I'm going with my boy Hideki Matsuyama. All right, good one. Who, I'm going. Who shares a love of Japanese culture and food and whiskey with me. And John Rahm, apparently. I'm going with Brooks. And now you're starting oh, to yeah. see my team of come together. <laughs> have you have you had a look at the, the courses that are being played, Phil? Are so they all very long? Going to, you want people hating each other on your side, do you? No, but what I've done is I've been able to assess 
uh, what the after golf functions look like. <laughs> yeah, where where they both fight for the same girl. <laughs> number and we'll move along. Number Hopefully three, it's on video. Kipper thirty. Uh, so where are we up to? Twenty-five to thirty-six. Twenty-five to thirty-six. Uh, I've written one down here. I can't read it, but it's Tommy Fleetwood. Yep, yep, your boy. I'm gonna. Well, mine's obvious. Jordan Spieth. Mm. He's not escaping my clutches. Was, yeah. And Phil. well, well, I'm, I mean, it, it's becoming clearer to me as time <laughs> goes on where we're heading. Uh, I think, I think Matthew Wolf will be down with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would. Party time. She's going to tell you what, it's going to be an intimidating team walk onto that tee. Bit of swagger about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, round out the uh, the top four. Um, 37 Last to pick. 48. Was it to 48 or 46? 48. Uh, yeah, 37 well, I'm going for 48. a bit of a, a constant here in Leishman. Oh, nice. Yeah, a Any little snoot. Yeah, because so I feel like he'll just always play okay. <laughs> so, so I think he's just going to be nice all the time, whereas... Yeah, the rest are, are very uh, flat. I'm examining the jet, but the rest are flashy. He's just there all the time. All right, I'm uh, I'm going to. I was Philly going to go Christian uh, Bezoidenhout just because I like saying his name, but instead I'm Burn. going with my boy Justin Rose. Complete opposite of Ram. He's you know you've got the you've got the head casedness of Ram at one end of the of the pool, and then the cool, calm nature. Of Rosie at the other, bit of a mad scientist and, and pensive philosopher combination. Great balance for my team, and that's why I'll win millions of dollars. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Uh, I'm going with Kevin Kisner, and I'll tell you the reason is because I saw a quote from him playing in a corporate day, where after 17 holes and allegedly 17 cans of beer, he holed a monster putt and exclaimed <laughs> to his playing group, "This ain't no hobby, fellas." So I can tell you that my group. You've got a He's fun going group. to have the best time everywhere they go, and everyone's going to be want, want to be on my team. But that's, that's if they this don't is get arrested, will develop. Yeah, and if D, and if DJ and Brooks don't, they, fight you know what? Again. You're allowed to sub in. <laughs> you're, you're allowed to sub in one. So instead of posting bail, you're allowed to post yeah. another player. I'm, I'm going to change why the you love it so much because it's like your perfect um, super. But I just think it is. It's my hall of heroes. It's your chance. I mean, if only the, the the masses could vote for these teams. It is my hall of heroes. I've got Superman, Wonder Woman. I don't even know who else is in the hall of heroes. I get confused with the whole DC and the other people. <laughs> well, before we before we wrap things up, boys, I want to get your genuine gut feeling on whether this is going to happen. <laughs> Philly? 100% oh. yes. Do you want to say no? Okay, you got one each. I make the deciding vote, and I'm, I'm going to say I think it will. I don't think Phil's Phil's information is going to be spot on <laughs> because it's Phil. But other than that, I think uh, I think this is going to happen. I mean, it, I think Rory was saying like seven years ago he was approached around this sort of stuff. So obviously there wasn't enough money for him to jump ship then. But um, <laughs> the, the fact that it's been knocking on the door for that long, oh, it's been, but it's been knocking thing, on the door it, for decades, and it hasn't gone away. No, so no, no. I think, and yeah, yeah. Fair, fair point. Um, it's just that I, it's just lots got to go right for it to happen. And and when you've got powers that be like Norman in the past, not being able to pull it off at his height, that's like Tiger saying right now, "Yep, let's do it." And no one listening. But don't forget it's, he. It's, don't forget he also had Arnold Palmer work against him at that point yeah, when he was. True. So, so mm. it seems like there are more more big names aligned now. If mm. in fact Phil's information's forty percent or more correct. Uh, well, I'm going with Phil. I'm packing in to the hilt. I reckon it is all correct. So yeah. it's got me, so if got, it me is. got me thinking. 
If it is, uh, this thing happens. And on that note, gents, we'll bring today's Tenuous Links Golf Podcast to a close. Thanks to Kipper and Philly for sharing their thoughts on the PGA Championship and, of course, the Super Golf League. It will be very interesting to see where things go from there. Be sure to sign up at thegolfbarons.com to stay in the loop of all that's happening in the Golf Barons stable. And remember to series link Golf Barons Season 2 now playing on Fox Sports 503 and on demand on KO and Foxtel. Hope you pick a winner at Kiowa Island this week. Thanks for joining us again, Barons. And until next time, remember to add some swagger to your swing.